0: I love you, Peyton. Peyton, I just love you. Peyton's embarrassed, so I'm trying to embarrass her as moms do. I love you, pei um, I love you, Pey-Pew. <laughs> right, you city of... I'm going to yell it out the window when I drop you off tomorrow. Real loud, so everybody heard. No! <laughs> Chapter 15. You. City of gifts. Don't worry, I won't do that. We end the day in a place called grass market. Of course, there's no grass and I don't see any sign of a market, just a wide open plaza surrounded by shops and pubs. The castle looms behind the buildings like an eerie sentin- sentin- wait. Eerie sentinel. But the plaza itself is nice, airy, open. It isn't so bad, I think, right before mom tells me that it used to be an execution ground. Why am I even surprised? Sure enough, as we follow the crew across the square, the veil thickens around my arms and legs until it feels like I'm walking through water. The only reason I don't get pulled in is because my mind is stuck on Laura Chowdhury, her her mirror necklace, her strange incantations, and the way that ghosts fall apart at her feet. This is what we do. Jacob's fidget. Jacob fidgets nervously beside me. We haven't really talked anymore about what happened in the alley. About what he meant when he said that he was afraid to tell me, but now's not the time. So we do our best to pretend that nothing's wrong. Dad gestures to a low stone slab, a marker on the ground. I don't know, cause he can't. He's nervous that the girl's gonna do that to him. See that, Cassidy? Hundreds were put to death right there. The veil turns to turns leaden as I reach out to run my hand along the marker. Ha, Ha ha. Ha, ha, no, says Jake, shooing me away. By the time we reach out, the final stop of our filming list is a pub called White Hart Inn, supposedly known for its hauntings. I'm prepared for the worst, so I'm relieved when the tap, tap, tap of the veil fades to a distant prickle. Mercifully, this pub isn't haunted. At least, no more haunts than the rest of the city, which is good because I've officially had my fair share of all things inspectors for one day. Mom and Dad and the crew head back to the pub to film, while Finley and I and Jacob slide into the corner booth and order food. Finley gets up to the bar, but while he's gone, Jacob and I don't talk. I can't help myself from thinking about what he said and didn't say. Jacob keeps his eyes pointed on the table, trying to lift the coaster from the wood. At last, Finley repeats, sitting down with two pints of beer. Um, I say, I'm not exactly old enough to drink. He laughs low Rich Bellow. It's not for you, he said. He pulls the glass towards him. This one's mine, he explains, and nudging the other one towards the empty seat. And this one's Reggie's. I look around the pub. Reggie? Reggie we- Weathershire, said Finley. My old mate. This was his favorite place. My eyes widen. Miss Weathershire's late husband. That's the one who's been dead for eight years. Do you think he's haunting here, I asked. Finley gives me an amicable shrug. Couldn't say, but if he is, I don't want him to go thirsty. I always bought him the first round. There's no sign of Mister. Weathershire—not on this side of the vale. But Dad, but Dad once told me that the living hold to the dead, that ghosts are just the way of keeping people with us. Of course, I don't know more than it, I don't know it more than that. But the thought of Mister. Weathershire being there in the pub seems to make Happy Finley happy. "'A big basket of fries, I mean chips, comes to the table. "'I douse them in vinegar and pop one into my mouth. "'Finley chuckles. "'Well, we'll make a local out of you yet. "'I reach for another chip. "'Do you really believe in in ghosts? "'Aye,' he says, without a a second's pause. "'In a sense, I believe that there's something left behind "'when a person goes, a kind of a memory. "'I've lived too long in a city not to believe it, "'but I don't think that they really mean us harm.' Laura would probably disagree with that. And even if they do, he adds, I hear you've got your own ghost for a guardian angel. I tense, but there's no teasing in his voice. There's a mischievous light in his eyes, but he's not mocking me. You've nothing to fear with a friend like that. Jacob looks up and smiles tightly. You know I've always got your back, Cass. So, Finley says, tell me about this ghost of yours. What's his name? I pop another chip into my mouth. Jacob, I say. He saved my life, I add. Finley's eyebrows go up. Did he now? Well, aren't you lucky? I cut a glance at Jacob. I am. Jacob blushes and sits down at the table. Shortly after, Mom and Dad turn up with the crew and the rest of of the meal is a lot of technical talk about the show. I stack towers of chips. Jacob tries to knock them down. When it's time to go, we all haul ourselves up. We haul ourselves up equipment and all and head for the doors i glance back at the table one last time to see and see that mr weathershire's glass is empty if this day has taught me anything it's that i've still got a lot to learn maybe the world is even stranger than i know The camera crew says goodnight, and the rest of us make our way back to the lane's end. Dad and Finley are deep in conversation. Jake is whistling a theme song of a cartoon that I can't place, and Mom has her head tipped back to enjoy the summer air. The moon is high. The night is crisp and clear. Perfect. I snap... perfect, And I snap photos of the winding streets and amber streetlights. Even though I'm not in the veil, there's really something magical about this city. We're at the top of the Royal Mile when I hear the song. It echoes up the road, and at first I think it's coming from the street performer or a bagpiper. But the street is empty and dark, and the sound is crystal clear. It's a woman singing. Her voice snags into my head like a hook, slowing my steps. I know that song. Or rather, I know the voice of the person that's singing that song. Because it's not a person at all. I can picture her red cloak, her black curls, and her outstretched hand. I stop walking and turn into a circle, searching for the song. It's so close. I want to find it. I need to find it. Do you hear that? I whisper. But no one else seems to notice the singing. Not even Jacob, who looks at me like I've lost my mind. I crane my head and listen. Listen. But... Before I can hear the source of the melody, it's gone. I don't hear anything but wind. Mom and Dad stay up late, going over the day's footage and preparing for tomorrow's filming. I, meanwhile, head straight to bed. All I want to do is sleep and preferably dream about something other than haunted alleys and buried crypts. But sleep doesn't come, sleep doesn't stick and I end up tossing and turning when I close my eyes. I can see the broken tunnels of Mary King's clothes all the way up to the sickly dozen faces towards me. The scene dissolves and I'm above ground, Laura Trowdhury standing in the street, the mere pendant hanging from her fingers, watch and listen, see and know, this is what you are. In the middle of the night, when I throw off the covers and get up nearly tripping over Grimm, I slip onto the living room, I slip out into the living room. The door to my parents' room is ajar, but the lights are out and I can hear Dad snoring softly. "Jacob," I whisper, hoping he's nearby, but there's no answer. I cross the old-fashioned desk beneath the window. My camera sits on the purple sits on its purple strap in a pool of moonlight. I pick it up and look at the countertop. I've got 10 pictures left in the reel. I turn the device over to my hands, extending a clean off the lens with a cuff on my pajama shirt. When I'm when I spot something, I'm not usually on this side of the. I'm not usually on this side of the camera, so I never notice the way the lens flat the lens reflects like a piece of glass or a mirror. Is that why Jacob never looks at the camera when I take his picture? How many secrets is he keeping? How many things do I still have to figure out? Are you asleep, baby? Yep, and I'm sure so.